How did the original concept come about? Did you specifically have her in mind for doing this, or did you just have a general idea that you wanted to spotlight a single critic in in that kind of atmosphere? Well, it's um, it's it like truly, I was not. I, so I worked in fiction. I worked mm-hmm. in fiction and movies. Uh, I directed a bunch of commercials um, back in the day, like for major brands. I worked with big ad agencies and everything, but I really did not enjoy that. I went to film school, but something they don't tell you after you finish film, film school is that it's really rough to get into the business, especially if you're a director or writing. Um, so I wrote some scripts and then, you know, I saw a couple and, but it wasn't fulfilling at all. I wasn't telling stories. And um, I moved to New York. I studied in New York uh, film and then moved away and moved back again around six years ago. And um, I've always been a huge fan of, of, of comedy and stand-up comedy. Um, and I wasn't looking for anything. I went to a show, small show. Um, I was sitting next to the bar. I was having a beer. She came in. This woman just kind of like heaving just, and, and she looked really tired and wired. And she came in and she asked for a glass of water. And she looked at me and I'm like, are you okay? And she was like, I think I'm dying. I'm like, what? What, what? what are you saying? Yeah, I haven't slept in three days. I went on a bender yesterday. And I'm like, okay, there's another crazy person in New York, right? <laughs> so all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I hear to the stage, Wendy Starling. And she's like, I'll be right back. And she hits the stage. And I'm not kidding when I tell you, like, her skin color changed. Like, she was, she was, she was like, she was like a napkin. She was, she was gray. She was, she was, she looks like she was dying. She hit the stage. She looked wonderful. She was smiling, full of energy. She killed. I mean, she really killed. And what caught my eye, aside from that, was the material. It was so personal, so raw. Had to do with mental health, but it wasn't cliche. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very well crafted. And I got this sense of like, oh my god, like I'm watching like a great comic in front of me in the middle of like this bar in New York City. And I just got the urge to talk to her, and I. Afterwards, she was smoking a cigarette, and I went, and I'm like, hey, I have this crazy idea. I'm a filmmaker. you mind if I, if I, we get together one day, and I just follow you one day and shoot with a camera? She was like, sure. All right. I shot that first day, and I was like, this is a documentary. This is a movie. And I told her, I'm like, let's do this. And she agreed, and five years later, here we are. I wasn't looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you said uh, since she's not, you know, a name name, one of those just instantly recognizable names, it made it for a harder pitch probably for you for distribution. But how did you, aside from adding the other comics, how did you kind of get your foot in the door with someone to at least listen to you to take this, uh, take your project seriously? I did, um, I think, three years ago or more. I sat down one day, one afternoon. I picked a song. Um, uh, a couple of songs actually some from Tom Waits um, some were jazz some were blues and I just started like listening to that music and picking out shots and moments from the stuff that I had shot already mm-hmm. and I put together like a like a like a reel like a I don't know three four minutes five minutes I don't I don't really remember maybe five minutes and I called graded it I you know fixed the audio everything and I had met this man, this this man in a film festival in Boston where I live, um, 
named Princeton. And Princeton and I met in that festival. We exchanged cards, and he says, like, hey, whatever happens with that documentary that you're telling me about, just, you know, keep me in the loop. I'm like, all right. And I, I never talked to him again. I found his card, sent the email. He's like, hey, don't know if you remember me. We met in Boston. So this is what I'm doing. I sent him that, and the next day he was like, we need to get on the phone. I'm like, uh, okay. And he was like, do you, like, how many <laughs> – how many hours do you have of this? I'm like, plenty. Like, I shot many days. Like, all right, all right. Um, have you shown this to anyone? I'm like, no. All right. Uh, yeah. So I'm working with Hughes Pictures right now. We're, we're a film uh, sales agency. We, we want to pick this up. I'm like, you want to pick what up? Like, the movie. I'm like, what movie? Your movie. I'm <laughs> like, I'm, I'm totally lost. I don't know the terms, the, 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 this, you know, the lingo, what they're saying. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll send you a contract. I'm like, a contract? I'm like, all right. So then I call Pablo, which is my DP and my business partner. I'm like, dude, this happened. I think I'm getting scammed. I don't know. So surely enough, the contract arrived. We started working, and he was, he was, he was the angel of this project. He took it to the next level. His experience, everything. He really protected me as a filmmaker. Uh, it took us a while to land the deal because he was patient enough. He was like, mm-hmm. you're not gonna get screwed over. You're not gonna get a. a a deal that from a distributor that's not going to fight for you and promote you and push your film. So we're going to take our time. And I'm like, yeah, do that. And finally we landed that deal with the passion river, which was, it was a great, great deal, very fair and they're terrific. So I couldn't be happier. Did you see parallels with yourself as an aspiring filmmaker to uh, Wendy's story as a, uh, as a struggling comedian in such a big city? Did you, did you kind of start to see yourself and her? Um, at the beginning, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been a filmmaker for the past sixteen years. Mm-hmm. So when I came into the doc, she was I was ten plus years in, uh, and so was she. She was going to be no, she was eight years into comedy, I think, or something like that at the moment. So I did see that. I did, I did see us like, wow, we're really good at what we do, but we're in the big bad city where it's really hard to get anything done. Uh, so much competition. It's, everything's expensive. Like, it's really hard to make it over there. And um, I was, uh, I, 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 I did see that in the beginning a lot. But as the documentary went on, um, I stopped seeing that that much because mm-hmm. I, I personally felt that I was growing. Like at a higher pace, like this documentary made me grow as a filmmaker so much that I like I'm not even aware how much uh, uh, I've grown. Um, so then, kind of like I did not identify with her that much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you know she has some traits of self-sabotaging and stuff. You can see it in the film sometimes. Yeah. I am not. I, I will never self-sabotage a second in my life. I am positive. I believe in myself. I, I go for it. I learn from my mistakes, and I. I am I'm in a constant state of growth. I like that. I like I like to admit that I made a mistake and not not do it again. And when I started like capturing that in the movie, I was like, okay, I'm not identifying with her that much. Um, but at the beginning, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. Would you classify this more as a documentary or more of a um, a character study of of a particular person? That's a very, very good question. Since I've been thinking of, <laughs> you, you just got into my mind. I've been thinking of, about that for the past year. Um, 
but I, I'm still leaning towards the documentary part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the fact that the comics come in and out and like kind of like validate her journey, like, hey, we went through that as well or whatever, like there's some similar stories. I think that I think that helps for me to think about it as a, as a as more as a documentary. Um, there is a lot of like so many moments that I had to like pick and choose and be like, all right, this is this is not going to be part of the movie because this is a good moment, but people are going to think, you know, like I know if, if that happens to you. I've seen documentaries and then they add one scene that I feel that the editor, like the producer, the suits, whoever, say like, we need that in. That's controver- controversial. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that's the only thing that stays on your mind. And then the rest of the documentary is like, it's a blur. It's just that moment. I avoid, I try to avoid that a lot uh, in the editing. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll lean more towards documentaries for sure. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen like competing documentaries about the same subject or even the same person where one goes for this very salacious take on the person instead of being honest. I mean, we all have our bad qualities. And sometimes it's easy to just focus on those and make it seem like we're about that. But yeah, I, I prefer something that's honest. Even if it, even if the subject may at times be dull, I don't care about uh, titillation when when trying to learn about a person. I want to know who yeah. they are, what not what I could project myself onto. A hundred percent. If you see the documentaries on Lance Armstrong, for example, you go mm-hmm. like one one is just like this guy is the freaking devil, and the other one is just like this guy wanted it too much, and kind of his attitude it, it was in him, but it's also like what they're pushed to do and he just went off the rails and you know so it's you get that a lot and also the other thing is like i stopped watching documentaries and movies just the minute i started shooting i think mm-hmm. the third day of shooting this document i stopped watching anything because i was like i don't want to be influenced by anything yeah even subconsciously it can just happen you might suddenly frame something frame a shot a particular way just because it's just that one picture sticks in your mind i've done that too and yeah. then you then you go back and you look at it and you're like, oh, I feel like such a, <laughs> I feel like I'm ripping, <laughs> like I'm just a ripoff now because <laughs> just yeah, that, yeah, that but... one artistic angle or this one filter, <laughs> this one Gaussian blur in the background. It's just <laughs> like I feel so cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you you feel like a fraud. You're like, oh no, I thought I I came up with that. I remember that in that time, people telling me, did you see Game of Thrones last week? I'm like, nope, I haven't seen it. What? I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen anything. Are you kidding me? This is the best show ever. I'm like, no, I'm not watching anything. And if you watch the film, it's hard to tell that. It's hard to find something to compare it to. Like, oh, this reminds me of this. This reminds me of that. Even the, the roundtable conversations, are, they're very shot very differently and, and just the pace of it. And I didn't, I did, the direction that I did in those roundtables was like, hey, these are the questions, go. I'm not going to, when you're tired of talking, I'm here. If we miss something, I'll let you know. But I let them just riff. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I didn't see anything. Then I catched up. I, I, I've been watching so many things. So like from 2016, <laughs> 17, mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this happened. Like everyone saw it already. But yeah, I think it helped me with the editing. Yeah. Uh, like, like for this interview series I've been doing for years, at first, it was very structured. It was very, you know, asking questions from cue cards kind of thing. And then I was like, I, I'll, I'll get a better story. I'll get a, a better responses if I just treat it like a conversation just between two people. 
And even I when, agree, I film, yeah. when I film interviews in my studio, and I, I, I hate being that, I hate trying to do like the whole radio guy, like trying to be punchy with it. I just like, hey, uh, how'd, how'd that thing go? Uh, when I was on set, when you did that thing, what what happened with that? It's like it's not about me. It's 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 about them. I'm just there to just keep that conversation going. I don't have to be the the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, something that I've noticed personally when when I also uh, interview people is trying to disconnect yourself from the person uh, to make it more about them and trying not to get involved so you don't inorganically disturb uh, them and what they're trying to portray. Did you find that to be difficult when dealing with Wendy, when following her around so often? Yes. Uh, it was very difficult for me in the beginning. Um, I, find, I found myself caring a lot about her mm-hmm. and feeling her pain and feeling her pain. Just seeing her like, alone from California, moving to New York City, living in this tiny bedroom in Astoria, Queens. Um, you know, she used to, I didn't put in the, the, the jobs that she had. Um, uh, I didn't want to put that in. I just left her like, you know, she has odd jobs, whatever. But she mm-hmm. worked at Whole Foods. She was, she, 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 she was doing the, the juice prepping at four in the morning every day. So she had to wake up at like 2.45 a.m., catch the train to get there and do the juice, whatever, and then, you know, eight-hour shift, whatever, and then go out and then, you know, this is, this is a person who's bipolar, not taking medication, by choice, but not taking any medication, and then at night doing four or five sets. Um, and she had a lot of, you know, breakdowns, hard moments that we have on camera that I I was very careful of not making documentary about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's that comedian that happens to be bipolar. It happens to be a, a rape survivor. Uh, not, I didn't want to, I didn't want to make a documentary about the comedian that got raped. That's right. bipolar. I wanted it to be a lot of layers, and and I wanted to make sure that we got that she, no matter what, she was going to get on stage and, and keep on keep on going. Um, but yeah, it was pretty hard in the beginning. Pretty hard. At the end, it got easier, but it, at the beginning, it was it was hard. Uh, what do you think the the message is that you think the audience will take away from seeing this? I think it's twofold. I think one is that you can be um, if you really if you find what you love. There's this quote from Charles Bukowski that I love that says, "Find what you love and let it kill you." And when you find something that you love, as I love filmmaking. You will do anything to pursue it. You will do anything to, to get better. You will do anything to, to, to connect with people through your art, through your craft. And I think that's there. There's a lot of people, especially now, I feel there's a lot of people with a lot of excuses to, oh, I couldn't do this because of that. I couldn't do that. And, and, and. There's always excuses. And at the end of the day, some of them can be valid. But those things, those things that get on the way, you just have to, you have to try harder and give it your all. Even if you fail, you tried, you know. That's that's the main message. And then the other one is also, you know, what is success? What is fame? What what, what are we trying to reach? What if Wendy had a daytime job and she made, I don't know, 40K a year and she could pay 
a small studio apartment or a basement or whatever, and she can do her shows and be a New York comic, and, and, and everyone knows her, but she didn't get the sitcom or she didn't get the Netflix special or she got it 10 years afterwards or whatever. Who knows? But what is success if you're doing what you love, right? Uh, I think that's the two things that I want to convey in the story more than anything. What did Wendy say, if if she said it at all, that was her measure of success? Did she ever say where she would find a happy spot in all of this? Uh, she did mention some some moments. Uh, she was writing like a TV show with another comic that they wanted to pitch. Um, she uh, at one moment, I think she had like a solid forty five minutes, almost an hour, um, and she wanted to tour. She wanted to get an hour together and tour. Um, and also she had um, like a one-woman show where she spoke about uh, what happened to her um, when, she, when she was raped. Um, that I have that. I shot all of that. It's, it's mind-blowing. It's, it's sad. It's funny. It's entertaining. It's, 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 really, it's really something. She wanted to take that also and like go on the road and just, you know, turn into a big special thing or Netflix or whoever picks it up. That kind of thing. I think that's what I saw. She always joked around, like, you know, make it in Hollywood so she could pay beautiful men to, to love her and stuff like that, she <laughs> would always say. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think mostly the things that she always referred to was just, you know, being known. Um, I, the comedy, uh, it's very similar to any type of art and job. Some people that you think that don't deserve it, that don't work as hard, uh, they're not that funny, that great, whatever. They get a bunch of opportunities. Mm-hmm. But that connect, that goes back to what I said um, a while ago, is that you know if you have a self-sabotaging kind of attitude that gets away from you, you don't get, a, you can't get a grip from it. It gets away from you. Um, you know, you can be really, really. really there's comics that, are, that have been terrific. I mean, amazing comics. And they're, you know, they do the road. You won't see them on Netflix. You won't see them in a big theater. They can book a, a 5,000 theater. They'll book a, you know, 800 seats or something like that. And they can make a good living. But they won't get to that spot that they want to get because of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, you need to, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a director. I'm a, but I had to become an editor, too, with the years. I become a producer as well. I know how to do accounting. I know a bunch of like film laws now, like all this stuff, like you need to just adapt and keep going. Cause it's not, you're not going to make it. Yeah. All right, Georgie. Uh, my, my last question, which is going to be the most important question is where and when can people see uh, funny pains? Funny pain is out now today. Today's the 26th. We came out today, May 26th. We're streaming because, of course, all the theaters are closed. Uh, when they do come back, we're going to have a premiere in New York. We're going to have a premiere in Boston, probably one in L.A. as well. Um, that would be, be great to have. But in the meantime, we're streaming on every platform. Uh, we're not on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might be by the end of the year or, or starting 2021. Uh, but we're on um, Prime Video on Amazon. Um, we are on the, what else? Vimeo on demand. We are on YouTube. We're in Google Play. You just go to funnypains.com. Everything's there. One click experience, and you're going to be watching the movie. Um, 
so yeah go go to funnyfans.com and you know enjoy it if you don't like it please don't tweet at me uh, or just lie to me and tell me that you like this, you know? <laughs> That's the only way to grow as an artist, isn't it? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate it. I, I enjoyed watching it very much. It was it was very touching and sometimes it was it was really tough to watch, but you, yep. you did a great job and that's why I asked if is it really a documentary or is it a character study? Because it was it was so heartfelt and so emotional that there there was nothing cheap in it that, that would cheapen it by titillation. It was just, wow, I, I feel sorry for, for it, but at the same time, I kind of don't. But God damn, it's got to be a hard life to try to lead. It puts, you, it puts you in a tough spot as an audience to be like, how do I feel about this? Or do I, do I need to make a black and white decision on how I feel about this? Maybe it's a little bit gray here like she's trying but is she like what's going against her if it if it like if if she's going against herself and she don't, she doesn't even notice it that's a problem and then but at the same time she went through all of this and then she's so talented so it's it's messy just like life yep all right Th- thanks again man and uh i hope uh, i hope i get to see it actually in the theater or in a premiere because i feel that that's that's really the only way that you can really get the full impact I mean, watching it on a small screen is one thing but seeing it with other people and watching other people react has to be really where it's at 